The Perfect 10 with Steve Allen, voice of the NRL and six-time Radio Award winner. Welcome to The Perfect 10, our first episode of 2023. It's been a long break. Our last episode was Mark Hughes from the Mark Hughes Foundation and also a two-time Premiership winner with the Newcastle Knights. And we also had a bonus edition that came out in November, the best of The Perfect 10. And that's already been the most listened to podcast that we've released. So thank you so much for listening and also following the podcast. As always, the podcast is proudly brought to you by Robson Civil Projects, 60 years of family culture, a third generation business. And this year I've been privileged. We filmed some staff videos for Robson's and the key takeaway is just how much everyone loves being a part of the Robson family. You can check those out on all of their social channels. One of their mottos, they don't want to be the biggest, they just want to be the best. And they're always looking for great people. So if you get the chance, check out their website, follow the links, and you could join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Okay, let's get down to business. My first guest is Grant Simmer OAM. I caught up with Grant on our radio show, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Afterwards, people were saying it's the best interview in the history of our sports show, so I really want to share it on the podcast. Grant was navigator on Australia 2 back in 1983 when we won the America's Cup, defeating Dennis Connor and his boat Liberty. As you may know, it was the longest winning streak in sporting history, 132 years. It was such a momentous achievement. You actually remember where you were at that moment in 1983, and I remember it vividly that morning in Palm Beach, Corumban, on the Gold Coast. In a proud sporting nation, if you're talking about the greatest moments in our sporting history, I'd say Australia 2 is on the podium every day of the week. And there were so many characters. Alan Bond, the millionaire. Ben Lexon with the famous wing keel design. And then John Bertrand, an absolute sailing legend. There's also a documentary out on Netflix. It's called Untold, The Race of the Century. I can't wait to watch it. If you read some of the comments, people are saying it's the best documentary they've ever seen. Others saying it's the best documentary since Michael Jordan and The Last Dance. To whet your appetite and maybe refresh your memory, Here's the teaser for the series on Netflix. The New York Yacht Club were ferocious defenders of the America's Cup. They oozed style, wealth, this unbeatableness. The US had never lost. It was the longest winning streak in sporting history for 132 years. There's no question the emerging force was Dennis Connor. That was the best sailor in the world. He will do anything to win. We slaughtered them. Three, two, one. It was time that we had to do something radical. It's a huge commitment. We had to believe ourselves that we belong on the world stage. I hadn't been the navigator on any boat, but we were there for one reason, to win. All the work that we had done had paid huge dividends. We came out all guns blazing. What Australians really like is upsetting the upper echelon. The whole of the world was watching this. The greatest yacht race of the century. I've never seen anything like this. And a little country called Australia had the audacity to think that we could do it. 
So that audio courtesy of Netflix, one of the moments synonymous with Australia 2 winning back in 1983 was this from our Prime Minister at the time, Bob Hawke. I tell you what, any boss who sacks anyone for not turning up today is a bum. (laughs) You have to work a bit harder the next day to make up. It's a day for all Australians, isn't it? It's a day that brings us all together. Marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. So Bob Hawke with his famous comment after Australia 2 won the America's Cup. Well, let's get to Grant Simmer, OAM. I could have easily spoken to him for over an hour, but we had around about 10 minutes on the sports show. So here it is. I hope you enjoy it. And we started at Gosford Sailing Club by giving Grant a standing ovation. For a legend of Australian sailing, great to see you, mate. Good morning. Thanks. Quite an intro there. Yeah, Man, it's like I'm meeting a hero. So can we spend a bit of time talking about that period? And there's been some incredible documentaries made as well yeah there's a new netflix show on at the moment well not new but you know it's been around for a few months and uh for instance my kids who are now in their 30s watch it and all their mates watch it and you know it's all new to them they weren't born when all that happened so uh it's great to see people being enthused by it and this year is the 40th anniversary so we're all going over to perth to have a bit of a party in uh, september 26th of September is the day. How do we get an invite to that party? And there was so much drama because of Ben Lexon's design. Yeah, that's right. It was very controversial, the wing keel, the famous wing keel. But the whole boat was configured around that increased riding moment, you know, reverse taper on the keel, the wings. So Benny had done a really innovative design and the boat was particularly fast in light air, very fast. Tell us more about your role. So... um, I was 26 back then, and uh, I was really a dinghy sailor, mostly sailing dinghies. And I met John Bertrand, and he, and he, you know, we sort of got to know each other. And he asked me, I was working as an engineer at Ranger Uranium in the Northern Territory, not sailing much. And he rang me out of the blue and said, I want you to come and join this crew and work on being kind of a modern navigator, changing things. And it was early days of computers on yachts, very basic computers. And um, so I took it, you know, jumped at it, basically. Went and lived in Perth and um, helped build the boat. Worked for Bondi at a brickworks. So we, I was working as an engineer at a brickworks for Bondi. And, uh, and then we went sailing, launched the boat, went sailing in Perth. Built Challenge 12 as well, which was a Victorian boat. And um, we had an option. We could pick. Challenge 12, where we could pick Australia 2, and we had to figure out what was the best. And it took us a while, actually, to determine that Australia 2 was the best boat. And um, so we picked Australia 2, and, and then when we got to Newport, we started cleaning up all the other challenges, you know, and got stronger and stronger. And we only just won the America's Cup just by the smallest of margins, I can tell you. I guess there's always like a villain in every story, and I guess for us it was Dennis Connor and Liberty, that beautiful red boat, but, you know, what an amazing sailor he's been as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Dennis was a god in those days. He's a bit of a strange dude, very strange dude, but but um, he was by far the best. And, um, you know, we were a lot quicker, really, than Liberty. We should have been able to beat him 4-0, but, well, you know, we had a couple of breakages. In two races, we had breakages, and that 
that was kind of the philosophy that Benny had. Everything was done on the edge. Everything was light. And we didn't have a team of designers like we have in the modern America's Cup. We had Benny, you know. So a couple of things broke and that cost us two races and we were backs of the wall, really. Really backs of the wall. You went wide on the course. No, no. It was the second last leg, right? So you had to do a triangle in those days and then a windward loo and then a beat to the finish. And it was the second last leg, the run. And we, the Americans jived off and we stayed, we stayed with the starboard pole a bit longer in, in a shift, actually. And then the breeze shifted back and we jived on the shift and, and we were faster than them and bang, we were ahead of them, you know. And then it was all on on the beat to the finish. But, yeah, we were just quick downwind and we got the shifts right and that was a race. You know, yeah. they were about 40 seconds ahead at the top mark, which should have been enough for them. But they screwed it up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, it's so good to hear these stories, isn't it? Uh, are there some unsung heroes on board? Oh, throughout the whole team. You know, everyone talks about Benny, but we had a sail designer, Tom Schnackenberg. He, he was, our sails were by far the best sails in Newport. And so that was part of the package. You've got to have good sails, got to have a good boat, you know. And, um, and just guys in the crew like Colin Beachel, the main chick trimmer, you know, went on to get a bronze medal in the Olympics, steered um, Australia 4 in, in Fremantle, won a couple of actual worlds, you know, Cole was solid. And Hugh Trahan, the tactician, bloody good. And of course Bertrand, you know, Bertrand was really good, really good technically to push the development of the boat a lot. Didn't get on all that well with Benny. The two of them weren't quite, <laughs> quite the same characters, you know. They're, they were kind of mates, but not, you know, at other times they were at each other. Apart from, you know, family, obviously the greatest moment of your life. Well, it certainly changed my life. You know, you have a few things happen in your life that really change the direction where you go, and that changed my life dramatically. You've been involved with the America's Cup ever since, I with have. other nations? Yeah, that's right. I, I've... Um, I think I've got the record for the most America's Cups, so I've done 11 of them, and uh, you know, and, they, and they're only every four years, so you can think that's quite a long yeah. career, you know. But yeah, Alinghi, the Swiss team, there was a guy, Ernesto Bertarelli, um, very wealthy guy in Switzerland, started Alinghi, hired all the gun Kiwis, and then they hired me to run the design program, and we had a really good group of designers, and we did some nice boats, and... Um, and we won the cup back off the Kiwis in 2003, which was a bit controversial because we had, you know, Russell Coote steering the boat and Brad Butterworth as the tactician. So we weren't very liked in New Zealand, you can imagine, but uh, that was a great cup as well and a really good team. You must be so proud of some of the young Aussie sailors coming through, including the young man from this club, Tom Slingsby. Oh, yeah, went to his wedding the other night. Slingers, uh, yeah, he's... a. Uh, Unbelievable talent. You know, you, sometimes you see a sportsman with really good natural talent and he just, he's uncanny, you know. So I occasionally get to sail with him, even though he's a massively different generation from me. But he's really talented. All started in the laser, where I think he was a five-time world champion and then Olympic champion. Well, you know, we're here looking at the junior program here, guys learning to sail right from the beginning. And I was thinking there could be some young Singsbys right in this group, right here, yeah. We've taken up enough of your time. Gary, would you like the honour of asking one more question? So we spoke about a lot what happened on the water after you won the America's Cup. Tell us what happens when, when you get back on land. 
what was it like then? What was that night like and um, the couple of days following? So th- those races, you know, it's not like today America's Cup race takes 25 minutes. It's all designed around TV. Those races, the time limit was five hours. So it was a long process, you know. People could watch it, have a nap. It's like watching cricket, really, you know. So you could have a nap and get up and still happening, you know. But so it was late. We got back to the dock. It was dark. You would have seen the footage. And it was pandemonium in the in the dock. So we, you know, we finally get the boat into the dock and it's just carnage, people everywhere. And that's when Bondi, we lifted the boat without the skirts on for the first time so better people could see the keel. And then we went down to the press conference as a team. And the whole team was 33 people. So these days the America's Cup teams are about 130, 150 people. But we all went down to the press conference and it was, it was like a mob scene going down the street in the middle of Newport, Rhode Island. There were people pretty cranky because the Cup had been in Newport for 130 years. They weren't that happy about us taking it away. And then we literally went back to the crew house and just had a party just with us and our wives and girlfriends. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. we weren't out. It wasn't all celebrating in the town. We were back in the crew house that night. One thing that was interesting, I was thinking about it, now everyone's on social media. You know, you can't... Like, Slingers is a big on the social media thing as well. But in those days... The manager of the team, a guy called Warren Jones, who was one of Bondi's directors, he wouldn't even allow us to have newspapers in the crew house. So we lived in this kind of... All we thought about was going sailing, how we can do stuff better. You know, we weren't, we weren't caring what anybody thought or said about us. You know, we're completely isolated. Kind of nice. I tell you, such a pleasure spending some time with you. Another round of applause. Grant Simmer, OAM, sailing legend. Good luck today in the regatta. Uh, just an honour because when you think of Australian sporting moments, Australia 2 winning in 1983 is on the podium every day of the week. Would you agree? Oh, certainly is. It, you know, it was one of those events, and I keep thinking, thinking about it since then, is that for, after 130 years, I reckon it actually took a lot of luster off the America's Cup after that event. Yeah, I did for a little because I don't know if you remember in Perth. The event yeah. in Perth was pretty big, yep. you know. There were yep. a lot of teams there. That was the most challenges we've ever had. The sport of sailing competes with every other sport for the for TVIs, you know, for spectators. And we struggled. We struggled to get the numbers to really get big sponsorship. You know, we so we're a smaller sport if you yep. look at our profile. And and it's one of those sports you can do all your life, from the kids going out training here to an old bowman on a natural, you know. <laughs> and you can race a world champion despite where you are in the fleet. You've got that opportunity. Yeah, real mixture. And there was some pretty tricky sailing here at Gosford, hey? There was some. There was a guy yesterday won a race, had never won a race before, and he wins a race at the state championship. Grant Simmer, OAM. I spoke to him Saturday on our sports show on SEN, your home of sport. And our show is Saturdays on the Coast. By the way, he won the New South Wales Etchells Championships. He was on board with Peter Merrington and also Ian McKillop. And they're both first tracks. It was a star-studded fleet. There were numerous world champions. And if you look at the New South Wales Etchells history, 
Some of the greatest sailors of all time have won that event, including John Bertrand, Colin Beeshall, who was also on Australia 2, and also Ian Murray, who's been an America's Cup skipper. The Perfect 10, brought to you by Robson Civil Projects. Next week is International Women's Day, and I'll be heading out to Mudgee to showcase some of the women who work for Robson Civil Projects, and we'll share some of those on our Facebook page in the future. Thanks to Grant Simmer, OAM, and also our technical team at SEN, Adam Staples, our producer, and technician, Simon Valentine. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Perfect 10. Take care. We'll catch you again soon.